You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And as usual, I've done it again. If I may say so myself, I found yet another great book with yet another interesting title. And this title is, Are All Guys A-Holes? That's what women want to know. More than a thousand guys in ten cities reveal why they're not, why they sometimes act like they are, and how understanding their real feelings will solve your guy drama once and for all. Well, that sounds good to me. We do want to solve that um, that guy drama. So the author is Amber Madison, and let me bring her on. Hey, Amber. Hey. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Amber, Excited to talk about this topic. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, Amber Madison is a nationally noted sex and dating expert and the author of the books Hooking Up and talking sex with your kids. She has appeared on MTV, NPR, The Today Show, The Early Show, On Air with Ryan Seacrest, and in Cosmo, Glamour, Newsweek, USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, and U.S. News and World Report. She is 17 sex and dating advice columnist, as well as an award-winning lecturer who speaks nationally. So, why did you decide to write this book? I really, um, you know, so I've been doing sex and relationship research and writing for a while and I wanted to study men because it's obviously something that women spend a lot of time talking about and I think my feeling was and this is definitely supported by what I found but that all of these ideas that we have about guys aren't entirely accurate so you know in the media when we see a guy who just cares about sex and is trying to dodge commitment and doesn't want a relationship. We assume all guys are like that, but in reality, guys aren't. And so I set out around the country to interview guys and figure out what they were really thinking. So how long did the interview process take? Uh, You know, it was a thousand guys in 10 cities. Yeah. So I spent basically an entire summer and then a little bit into fall doing the research, traveling around. Um, I interviewed guys two ways. So I had a 40-question written survey that I would tell guys took five minutes to fill out, when in reality is more like 20. <laughs> um, and then I also, you know, because for written answers, it's hard to get a little bit deeper. I would also verbally interview people, so sit down and talk with them for really as long as they'd be willing to talk. So I went around to each city um, 
and got as many guys as I could to fill out the survey and parks and bars, fast food restaurants, coffee shops. I mean, literally wherever I could find guys. Um, and as long as they were unmarried and dated women and between the ages of, I say you guys, 22 to 45, um, then they're, they're, they were eligible for the survey. So what was your most surprising discovery? I think, well, guys are really messed up when it comes to sex. And that, that wow. is, is the, <laughs> That's interesting the one know. thing that really, um, I think that I still feel really confused about um, walking away from all of the research. I do, you know, certainly, I mean, guys want relationships across the board. And I wasn't, I personally wasn't that surprised by it, given my own personal experience and the amount of guys that I would talk to about those issues. Um, but I think a lot of, for a lot of women, that would probably be the most surprising finding, um, that 73% of the guys I interviewed, and remember, this is starting really young, so guys 22 mm-hmm. up to 45 who are single, said that their primary interest in women is someone to have a relationship with, not someone to have sex with. So this idea that guys are just going out to bars looking to have sex is not entirely true. They're really ultimately looking for girlfriends. But then where it gets confusing mm-hmm. <laughs> is that even though ultimately guys, most single guys are looking for a relationship and that's really their priority, um, you know, in a, a long-term relationship, um, a lot of guys said that they would lie to a girl in order to have sex with her. Gee, what a surprise. <laughs> So, right, yeah, but but then it doesn't make sense. So it's like, well, if you're searching for a relationship and that matters more to you than sex, then why go out and act like you're just trying to have sex and lie to have sex? And, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about that. And personally, you know, I think there's a lot of societal pressure and that plays into it. And then, and I mean, like I said, guys are just a little bit, messed up in the sex department um, in that as a woman, you know, you're allowed, in fact, probably encouraged mm-hmm. to not have sex. Right. As a guy, you're not really allowed to do that. You know, so there's a lot of pressure of you're not a man unless you're going out and having sex. You're not a man. It's like girls don't want to sleep with you. And so then sex, you know, can become more of a conquest thing to prove their self-worth I think, in a way, I guess women can, you know, use it that way at times as well. Um, but I think we've spent so much time telling guys all you care about is sex that for some, and, and you know, mm-hmm. let me say, you know, when I say a lot of guys said they would lie in order to have sex, we're talking about a third, which is a higher percentage than I thought, because this is by no means all men at all, but but a significant chunk of them who would. And they were probably, um, and, were they all maybe like, Towards the younger, you know, more towards in their 20s? It, honestly, it was pretty spread out. Oh. You know, it was, it was probably in, in the 20s. I mean, you know, you hope, and I think one thing that I saw, too, is a general trend as guys got older, they were much less likely to do that. And I right. think what a lot of that is is just working through all of the messages they've heard about, you know, all you care about is sex. And realizing, wait a minute, that's not really what makes me happy. And and I can go out and have all these one-night stands, but at the end of the day, that's pretty unfulfilling. Um, so you but talk- that realization is, I think, shocking for a lot of guys. Like, 
what are you talking about? You mean I'm not just this, like, sex-hungry pig? Like, I actually have feelings, you know? And that, and for, for some men, it just takes them a while to figure that out. So is this what you mean by the fake reputation? Because you say a fake reputation is all a man has. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a quote. As I was writing the book, I went to see um, Tangled, the Disney movie. And Flynn, you know, of course, I didn't think there was going to be anything relevant to my book in that movie. And the uh, male character in the movie said that a fake reputation is all a man has. And and I just love that quote. So it, it totally it sums up just this act that that people put on, that, that guys put on. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, just last night I was out with my boyfriend and then another good guy friend of mine, and they, they made some comment about their, a friend of theirs, like, oh, I hope he gets laid tonight. I was like, what? you know, why would you guys frame it like that? Like, neither of them are, you know, my boyfriend obviously has a girlfriend. And, you know, and then this other guy has been dating the same girl for two and a half years, and a lot of our friends are happily married. And I'm like, why do you even put on the front? Like, what you hope mm-hmm. for your friend is that he finds a girlfriend and that he's happy. But, but guys feel this pressure to put on this front that, it's, that everything's about sex, you know, because it's a lot, I mean, can you see it? A guy sitting around with his guy friends, being like, oh, I just really want a girlfriend. You know, I'm just really looking to find a girlfriend. And that's really what's going on in his head, but he's not allowed to say that. He has to be like, oh, I want to go find some chick to bang, you know? Right. Because that's, that's really how guys talk and relate to each other. So how can a woman know if she's dating, um, you know, if a guy is a true a-hole or if he's just playing the part? Yeah, so, so one thing that I did find definitely is that guys have this belief that um, many guys, you know, again, you can't say all guys this or all guys that, but many guys have this belief that, you know, the nice guy finishes last and, and the jerk gets the girls and the times that I'm nice to girls, they don't want me. And the times I'm mean and treat them like crap, well, then, you know, then, then they're really into me. And so there's a certain amount of kind of like fake <laughs> acting like a jerk, mm-hmm. ironically, because they think that's what's going to win women over. So, so then how I can think whenever win- you, right. So, so going into a relationship, yes. um, a guy who is actually a jerk is probably not going to be putting forth any effort mm. to see you, mm-hmm. really, at all. You know, maybe he'll text you, but text is not effort. If he's not making plans to see you in person, you know, forget it. There's not a guy you want to be involved with. Someone who's kind of trying to play hard to get, the general trend of their actions is going to be that they're trying to see you and hang out with you. They may not respond to your text right away or wait a day to text back, you know, wait two days after a date to call because for whatever reason, guys swear that that's the secret to their mm-hmm. dating success is that two-day rule. Um, but, but they will actually be trying to see you in general. Even, even if it's like a half-assed attempt, it will be a real attempt. <laughs> right. So um, you also talk about biology and evolution in the book. So does that have anything to do with how men are? Yeah, well, we, I mean, it amazes me um, as, as I've talked to people, even, you know, the friends of my parents who have PhDs, you know, and have, have done a lot of research and are very scientifically minded people, and they'll say, well, no, it's, it's definitely in, 
you know, men's biologies, that they're programmed to spread their seed and, and not want to settle down. And that is one theory that's been put out. It's this idea that, that men were going around trying to spread their seed, basically. But there's no way to prove that at all. It's one guy's theory. And you could just as easily have an alternative idea about, well, no, okay, men and we, women are, you know, present in equal numbers in the caveman days. So it's not like the caveman woman had to compete really with each, you know, for like the two men who are around, there are just as many men. So really men evolutionarily, if they wanted to pass on their genes, then they probably had to look like a good provider, you know, otherwise the woman wouldn't, wouldn't want to mate with Mm -hmm. them. Right. So, I mean, and so that to me makes just as much sense as the other theory, but is mine right? Is the other one right? Who knows? We'll never know. But people take as fact this idea that men you know, have evolved from these cavemen that need to spread their seed, but there's not actually evidence of that anywhere. So it is just an idea, and I think it's important that people realize that this is just a theory. It's not necessarily a correct one. Um, something else, I don't know, and maybe you've talked about this on your show, but mm-hmm. the, the book, uh, The Male Brain, The Female Brain. Right. Well, we haven't talked about it, but I've heard of the books. Okay, so, so basically, you know, the theories are like, oh, you look at the hypothalamus um, structure in men is twice as the size of the hypothalamus in women. So, you know, and that controls sex. So that's why guys are more horny than girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> or it's something like that. Uh-huh. But that's, but when you actually speak with neuroscientists, they're like, that's ridiculous. There's no one structure in the brain that controls behavior. So even if you're looking at brain differences between men and women, you know, and they look structurally different, well, that's, you know, that doesn't necessarily tell you anything. And you can come up with all these theories and have them support stereotypes. Well, this, you know, sector of the brain is associated with communication and it's smaller in men. So that's why men naturally can't communicate their feelings, you know, but that's not, there's no way we can ever prove that unless we start taking out people's brain parts, which is never going to happen, right, to do research. Um, and something else that's really interesting about men and women's brains is when you look at the brains of baby boys and baby girls, they are pretty much identical. And so the differences don't emerge until, like, adulthood. And that's when the brains start looking different. Um, but the brain is also, it's this term known as, plastic, which means it changes based on the experiences you have. Mm. So when you grow up in this, and it is a different culture, you know, of, of what is expected for you as a man and what is expected for you as a woman and how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to wear, you know, what, what values you have to society, all of that. And so when you grow up with these different expectations, different experiences, different you know, types of friends, that's going to shape your brain. You know, so it's not just as simple as, you know, nature, but but even nature is nurtured, if that makes sense. So but what a about- lot of the ideas we have about men, that they're hardwired to be one way or the other, just are not correct. But what about the fact that they, you know, and I, I, I'm sure this has been proven, that they tend to think about sex way more than women on a daily basis. I, you know, 
I, I've heard those stats thrown around, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. I don't know if that's if I like. I've never seen any real research and saying that. And the, all of the research I looked at that would study men and women's sexual behaviors and differences, they look very, very similar. Um, and so, so basically, I mean, it would be like a five to ten percent difference on most things. And on all all surveys of behavior, the the one thing that they did find pretty reliably is that men are more likely to masturbate than women. Mm. But at the same time, a lot of this sexual research is done on self-reporting. So when you take into account a culture where men are encouraged to be sexual and women are told, you know, they shouldn't be or they're slutty if they are, then and and then you you ask women, well, how often do you guys think about sex? Even if a girl is thinking about sex 50 times a day, is she as likely to admit it? Probably not. Whereas a guy who maybe only thinks about sex five times a day, you know, is going to be like, oh, all I think about is sex. Because cause that's so associated with being a man and being manly. And if you're not thinking about sex, you know, that's like, oh, well, what are you thinking about? Are you gay? What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden, their male role really gets called into question. So a lot of the research that that people do, you know, the stats that people quote all the time, you really have to look into where they're coming from, because a lot of times it's kind of BS. Hmm, interesting. Uh, you've basically just disputed every single statistic that's out there <laughs> about men. Yeah, well, there is. And, and, and really, you know, what I did for this book for the, to look at research, I went into, you know, scientific journals, like sex and sexuality, like sex roles are always different, you know, peer-reviewed scientific journals that you would not read <laughs> unless you were in, no. you know, a master's or PhD program uh-huh. somewhere. But that's the real data that unfortunately doesn't really get out there and doesn't get talked about because we just love this idea of mm-hmm. men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We're so different, you know. Um, and that's all of that stuff. It's just not. It's just people's theories. And that's if I, you know, can let people take home one thing from this book. It's just. You know, we have all these ideas about men, but where are they really coming from? And and we believe things like they're facts, but in reality, they're not. And also, don't you find that, you know, what a lot of women call jerky behavior, they, men are just behaving that way just because they're just really not that into that woman, whereas if they were dealing with someone they were really interested in, they would not behave that way. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. But, and the other thing I like to point out is, you know, I can't tell you how many guys I interviewed who were like, oh, women are evil. I've had my heart broken so many times and heard horrible stories about things women have done. Relationships are hard, you know, and they're painful. And even if two people are acting nobly all of the time, which is pretty much never the case because humans aren't perfect, you know, you still have the capacity to get really hurt by a relationship that doesn't work out, and that's just the nature of it. I mean, you look at lesbian relationships, and they have just as many problems as straight relationships. You know, the problem isn't, oh, you know, relationship problems come up, you know, or, or people get hurt because there's a man in there. It's the fact that you're you're so close to someone in a relationship, they, they really have the power to hurt you. Yeah. So getting back to some things you said in the book, um, now, is looking hot the most important thing in terms of getting a guy? Not at all. And this, I mean, really, 
again, this is such an important thing for women to know. So, I mean, yes, for yourself, for whatever, you know, looking good is important. It, you know, you want to look not like crap, right? <laughs> Going out to meet a guy. That being said, looking good is not at all the only thing guys look at. And in fact, when I asked them what was the most important thing in a girlfriend, um, they consistently ranked intelligence, having a sense of humor, being a sweet person as all more important than, than someone who's good looking. Do they want you to be cute? Yes. But if you're, you know, having problems with guys, you know, girls are so likely to jump and be like, oh, it's because I gained five pounds or, you know, it's because I was having a bad hair day. That's not, that's not really what it is. It was probably, you know, something more about, about you and how you came across. So I think um, women don't realize how guys, you know, are really looking for them to be intelligent and funny and, and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and what percentage of guys feign interest in a woman just because they want to have sex? So that was what we were talking about earlier. That uh-huh. was about it's 33. about 35%, which, okay. you know, blew me away. I, but then, but so then here is the one, so in my mind, what I, what I had in mind when I wrote that question is a guy who will take a girl on three dates, three mm-hmm. dinner dates, right. just because he wants to sleep with her, but was never actually interested in dating her. And when I started asking guys about this, because I was so shocked that so many men were saying, yes, they would do this. They were saying, well, no, you know, if I meet a girl at a bar when I'm drunk, and I'm like, Hey, you seem awesome, you know, but really I'm just like drunk and not thinking. And I'm just like drunk and horny basically. So really what came out is when a lot of guys checked, yes, um, they were really talking about bar behavior. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, on, does it happen that a guy will take you on a couple dates and he's just looking to have sex? Sure, that could definitely happen, but I, I really did not get the impression from talking to guys that that was the majority. Because in this day and age, I mean, let's face it, it's just not that hard to have sex. Right? I can probably like go out to a bar and find a girl who might sleep with him. He doesn't have to put in the effort of taking a girl out on dates to have sex. So a guy who is taking you out on dates probably has a genuine interest in you. Now, this is not to say that maybe you go on three dates, you think they go well, and then you decide to sleep with him, and then all of a sudden things end right after that. Because that, that did seem to be something just speaking to girls that a lot of girls said happen Mm -hmm. and talking to guys about that. What a lot of them said is that, you know, maybe you're on the fence. You're not sure if you like a girl or not. And then after you sleep with her, you know, you sort of realize your feelings a little better. So maybe you sleep with her and you realize, well, I really like her or maybe you weren't really that into her. And then you sleep with her and, and realize that, okay, this is not going to work. You know, it's sort of like the icing on the cake and pushes people over the edge of figuring out how they feel. So maybe if you had not slept with him on the third date but gone two more dates, things would have ended right there anyway. So really, you know, the idea that it also, a lot of guys said um, it made them feel really forced to make a decision because they felt like, okay, if I slept with this girl, now I really need to decide am I in or or am I out. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, 
What about you know, a, a lot of, I think, what's going on with the lying thing is really more a guy you meet at a bar. So if there's one time to be wary about, is this guy just trying to sleep with me? If you just met him and he doesn't know you and he's drunk, yes, he's probably just trying to sleep with you. So if you think there's a future in it, you know, give him your number, take his number, and, and walk away and see him some other night. So then what do you guys think about women that have sex on the first date or within the first three dates? Are, are they less likely to want to have a relationship with them? It really depends. There are, I would say, about half of guys I spoke with said, you know what, it doesn't matter when I sleep with a girl. Um, the other half did get really turned off by a girl who would sleep with them right away. And a couple things are going on there. One, you know, when I said earlier in our conversation, guys are really screwed up when it comes to sex. Mm -hmm. So part of that is a lot of guys think they should like sex all the time. They don't realize it's something they can turn down. So guys have had one-night stands and really not liked the experience. And I honestly talked to very, very few guys who said that they actually enjoyed one-night stands. The majority said that they felt really gross afterwards. But because we drive into guys' heads, you're supposed to want sex, sex is always fun, you have a one-night stand, all of a sudden they think it's gross. Instead of saying, okay, no, it's gross to do an intimate act with someone I don't actually know at all, they say, oh, that girl's gross mm. for doing it, you know, mm. with me. So they blame it. They take that gross feeling and they just assign it to the girl. So they just blame the girl. Um, another thing that guys talked about in terms of why they get turned off when they sleep with a girl too soon is this idea of I'm not special. So... Guys think like, oh, well, you know, she's, she could do this with other people. You know, does she just sleep with everyone? She doesn't care about me, you know. She doesn't, like, have discriminate taste. She doesn't, there's nothing that's about, about me that, that she's really into. It's just that she'd be willing to do this with everybody. And, and guys, you know, want to feel like you are into them and you, you like them mm -hmm. for, for them. It's not just like, oh, I was born lonely and wanted to have sex with someone and you were there. And when they feel like that, they're going to be turned off. Um, and then something else, and this is really interesting, when we talk about one-night stands or, you know, having sex on the first date, you don't always think about this consciously, but I think often you assume that alcohol is involved there, that, well, you ended up getting drunk. Um, and this one guy I had a really interesting conversation with him, and he said, if I went to a bar, was drunk, met a girl who was drunk, and we went home and had sex together, I would not respect her because I'd say, like, this is a girl who's not in control of her choices. She just gets drunk um, and can't control herself, basically. Mm -hmm. But if I went into a coffee shop, had coffee with a girl, talked to her for the same amount of time, and then she was like, let's go home and have sex, fine. I would respect her because it was clear that, you know, she had thought about this choice, it's what she wanted to be doing, and she was in control of her actions. So wow. a, lot, a lot of the one-night stand or sleeping with someone right away is sort of this like, oh, could they not control themselves? Were they drunk and making bad choices versus are they making a clear choice? So the cleanup, I think, as a woman, if you've gone home with a guy before you intended to and you're worried about how he might perceive you, you know, make very clear that this was a choice. I'm glad I made it. You know, I, I don't regret what I did. I like you. It, you know, make him feel special the next day. 
Got it. Um, I have a question here via Twitter. Uh, it says, you know, if, yeah. why, why is it that guys say that they love someone or they are are actually in love with someone and yet they still cheat on that person? Well, so studies of cheating that I've looked at um, basically show that it happens when guys are really unhappy in their relationships. It also shows the latest stats that I've seen and that are the most widely quoted, I think, are that anywhere from 45 to 55% of women will cheat in their marriages and anywhere from, I think, 50 to 60% of men. So, so wow. men and women cheat in basically equal amounts. So, why, you know, why do men do it? Who knows? Why do women do it? You know, but it's not just a male problem. I think there are certainly really crappy guys who are going to be selfish and say they're, you know, in love with someone and then cheat on them. But, but those are, I would just say, bad people. And, and I think there are women who do the same thing. Um, you know, but for the most part, unfortunately, you know, I think we live in such a culture just paralyzed by the fear of men cheating, yeah. almost to the point that it's inevitable, you know, and and a lot of it is you look at these Hollywood relationships, you know, it's like Ashton Kutcher, he's cheating oh. all over the place, and Jesse James, and, you know, every time you turn around, like, some gorgeous woman in Hollywood is getting cheated on, and then it's like, okay, well, if she's getting cheated on, then I'm screwed, you know? <laughs> But I think what's important to think about there also is that Hollywood lifestyle mm -hmm. is very different yes. from, you know, everyday people. And, and the egos, and with sports stars too, you know, the, the egos that have to be involved and the, the schedules of, you know, shooting movies apart from each other, you know, it's, it's a hard, I would think, you know, and you could probably speak to this more living in L in L.A., mm -hmm. but I would think it would be a hard place to have a healthy relationship, you know. But in the real world, for most people, men are really only as likely to cheat as women. And for the most part, it doesn't happen in relationships that are going well where both people are happy. So if you don't want your husband or boyfriend to cheat, make sure that the relationship is good. Right. You know, and a lot of cheating that you hear about is really in, in basically marriages that are falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really also, this is an interesting book I read um, when doing the research. It was M. Gary Newman is who wrote it. It's called, I think it's just called The Truth About Cheating. But, um, but he has a... I think he is a couples therapist in Florida, um, but he found that I think it's like 13% of guys cheated for sex. It's about sex. And the rest of them really cited emotional issues. So it wasn't even just, oh, I'm, I, you know, my wife won't do this sex act that I like or, or we're not having enough sex. It's I don't feel supported. I don't feel like she values me. You know, mm -hmm. she emotionally is not there for me. So it's not, you know, when men are cheating a lot, it's not just like, oh, they, they're out and they're horny and they can't control themselves. Right. It's they're in a relationship where they don't feel emotionally fulfilled. 
Yeah, because we have this image that these guys are just, you know, totally helpless. They can't help it. And even if they're in a relationship and some girl walks up to them and says, come with me, that they're all going to go off with her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, now you also say that women are the actually the ones in control of their dating life. So explain that. Yeah, well, what I wanted to encourage is for women to take control because I think there's a perception that, oh, guys have all the power when it comes to relationships and dating. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well, let's look at the way that stereotypically, uh, you know, male and female interactions are set up. So it's you wait for a guy to ask for your number, and then you wait for him to call, and then you wait for him to ask you out on a date, and then you wait for him to say, what are we, are you my girlfriend, is this official, and then you wait for him to say, let's move in together, and then you wait for him to say, let's get married and propose to you, Mm -hmm. okay? So all of these big relationship steps, you are sitting around waiting for the guy to act. Right. Whereas instead, so of course you feel like they're in control, because they are, because we let them. So, you know, I mean, is it going to get to the point where girls can propose to guys instead? Who knows? But on on a very easy level and something that any woman can start doing and I think feel comfortable with is ask a guy for his number, you know, and and be the one to call him first and ask him out on a date. You don't have to just sit around and wait. And guys like that. Um, I think we have this perception of, oh, if you ask a guy out, does it look too pushy? Uh, that was one of the questions I asked on the survey, and only 5% of guys said it was a turn-off. Wow. Um, when a girl asked him out, 50% said it was a turn-on, and 45% said it really didn't matter either way. Um, you know, and that 5% who says it's a turn-off, I bet there'd be some other problems with mm-hmm. those guys, too, right. in terms of, you know, relationship roles and expecting a woman to be yeah. submissive, so... You know, maybe you're self-selecting guys you wouldn't want to be with anyway. But but guys are happy when women take charge. I had to write this article about, like, the five best pickup lines to use on a guy. And it was impossible to write because I would ask guys, like, what, you know, what pickup lines work. And they were literally, like, anything. Say anything. Walk walk up to me, burp in my face. I don't care. But take the initiative and say something. It just doesn't matter. And so girls freak out, well, what do you say? Guys feel the same way. They sit there and they look at these girls they want to go talk to who look fun or interesting or pretty or whatever. And they think, you know, God, what do I say to this girl? I don't know. You Mm. know? So I think guys so much appreciate it when you make the first move and say something. It really... Makes it you know, easier. I mean, if you come here often, it, it really, it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, so, it, yeah, um, so if a woman is dating someone who is a jerk, is there any way that she can get them to change? Um, yes. So here's my feeling, is that, you know, if you get the feeling that you want to be in this relation, you know, maybe it's a situation where a guy doesn't seem to be as committed as you want him to. And he's sort of giving you this, like, oh, let's keep it casual, maybe a a hookup situation or whatever. Um, You have to put your foot down and say, you know what, this is not how people treat me. And, And these are, you know, and you don't have to say it in a rude way, you know, but... But it's important to stand up for yourself and, and set boundaries for, for what kind of relationship you respect, expect. And then on a basic level, just that a guy is acting respectful towards you, that he calls when he says he will, 
um, that he makes time for you, and and that you feel like a priority. And you know, it's it's the same basic things you would expect from your girlfriends. You know, it's not like you're asking these huge things of a guy. You know, to respect you and treat you well. And you need to put your foot down and make sure that a guy is acting that way. And so you expect him to act that way. And if he doesn't, well, too bad. I'll go find someone else who will be nice. You know, and who will treat me the way I expect. And then at that point, you just have to walk away. And if the guy genuinely cares about you, you know, he will come back and he will shape up. And in my mind, he gets one chance Mm -hmm. (laughs) to try it over, you know, but then if he goes back to his old jerky ways, he'll forget it. Um, But I think, you know, you, you have to be willing to walk away. If you're not being treated well, you have to be willing to walk away. And the reality of it is that, if a guy cares about you, he absolutely will treat you well. Yeah, absolutely. And also, the final statistic, I, I thought it was interesting that you said only 16% of guys are actually jerks. Yes. So, <laughs> very scientific yes. calculation there. <laughs> um, I looked at, basically, I looked at um, a lot of the questions that, to me, really flag, okay, this is jerky behavior. So, lying to girls, um was another one. Guys who said that their friends were more of a priority than their girlfriend. Um, guys who said they didn't feel a sense of emotional responsibility for the girls that they dated. And then I kind of looked at the data, but then also um, ran an analysis, you know, to see how many of guys answered, you know, at least four or more of these bad guy questions, uh-huh. you know, came out positive that has all these negative traits. Um, and really about, it was about 16% that stood out as just being really bad. And then, you know, another, I don't remember the exact numbers now, maybe like 20% on top of that who are a little confused. But to make you feel better, on the other end of the spectrum, there were, I think, 20 or 30% of guys who were just saints you know, who who wow. are probably too nice and get walked on. Um, yeah, but but in reality, I think, are guys capable of jerky behavior? Absolutely. But the majority of them aren't actually jerks, and if a guy likes you, he's going to be treating you well. So that's how you know. It's like if the guy's being jerky to you, okay, you know, like forget it. He's an a-hole. You know, maybe, maybe he won't be an a-hole to someone else, but he's being one to you, so then... You know, you got to move on well, actually, because no you, you, guy will ever respect a girl he can walk on. That's true, and vice versa. And actually, that's yep. why you have the app where people can actually, which I've downloaded, by the way, and people can actually figure oh, good. out if the guy they're with is an a-hole or not. So talk a little bit about the app. Yeah, so um, using the data and, you know, some of the, the raw data I had and then also some of the interview questions about, you know, how could – Basically, that how can you tell, you know, when a guy is screwing you over and not actually interested? Um, I came up with an equation and made this iPhone app called A-Hole Tester, and it's 16 questions um, and that, that you answer, and then it gives you the percent chance that the guy you're dating is an A-Hole. Um, in full disclosure, it's not, it's not, you know, if you're married, it's probably not the best thing, <laughs> but really like the sweet spot for this app is I would say the first, you know, month, yeah. the first couple months of dating when you're really feeling a guy out and he's acting in conflicting ways and you're not sure is he into me, is he not, you know, that's, 
that's when it's going to work for you. <laughs> right. So try the app and also get the book. Again, uh, are all guys a-holes? And, of course, the website is www.areallguysaholes.com. And thank you so much for being on the show, Amber. I think uh, it was very helpful to hear all these uh, new statistics about guys. Yes, thank you. It's been great. I hope um, I hope this helps women and helps them be less afraid of guys. Right. Because <laughs> they're not that scary. They're not that bad. You have way more power than you think you do. The secret's <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for being on. Great. Thank uh, you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So we have a few minutes. And I want to tell you about my wonderful trip that I took for my birthday to the islands of St. Martin and St. Barts. And the reason I want to tell you about them, in, not just to brag, <laughs> but because I had some um, thoughts come to mind. You know, when you're on vacation, your mind is freer. You're not thinking about, uh, you know, paying the electric bill or washing your car, just all the other things you usually do in daily life. And so, you know, you're able to contemplate more if you have that kind of a mind. And I came up with some things that uh, I found interesting, some thoughts. First of all, I mean, I had a blast. It was the best birthday week of my life. I doubt that anything will ever be able to top it. Um, but that's fine. At least I experienced it. And, I mean, I was having such a great time that I thought, you know, if this would be a, a great thing to do if someone has to break up with someone, you know, you're dating someone and you do find out he's a jerk, as we've just been talking about. The best thing to do is, if you're going to break up with him on a Monday, make sure you have a trip planned to leave on Tuesday and try to stay away at least a week. Go to the kind of place that you know that you're going to enjoy yourself, that you, uh, you know, like I like tropical climates. So for me, a tropical island always works. If it's winter and you prefer a cold climate, I, I don't know why, but okay. If you want to go skiing, but just someplace where you know you will not be constantly thinking about this guy, go with a good friend that you know you're going to have a blast with. And, I mean, your mind will just be in a totally different place because when you come back, you'll be like, you know, let's say your ex's name was John. You're like, John who? <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't go on this trip to get over anyone. It was my birthday week. But if I had to get over someone, this would have been the way to get over it because who was thinking about anybody on this trip except just enjoying myself, the wonderful hotels we stayed at and uh, all the fun things we did, dancing going out to dinner, you know, the beach, just the usual stuff. But the fact is you're in a new environment, new people. Uh, St. Bart's is very European, and I used to live in Italy, so it was like being back in Europe, and that was really fun. The little streets and the little cars and uh, the way the people dress and they act is just a, such a totally different uh, vibe, which I miss, uh, you know, because she uh, talked about earlier about the culture affecting how guys uh, think about sex and dating. And it's so true because um, there was just... Um, in the clubs and bars there, there's a totally different vibe. Uh, St. Barnes is an island in the French West Indies, so basically a lot of people there were from France or they were French. And uh, it wasn't, you didn't have like this pickup vibe. Uh, nobody was acting overtly sexual. The women were not over the top. I didn't see any huge, um, um, you know, cleavage or fake lips. They were more uh, refined and... Um, well, let's just say more refined in their dress and their manner, and and so were the guys. Um, although one guy came up to me and said, "I love your feet. I love your shoes." <laughs> uh, French guy, um, and I really like that because it just feels a lot classier. So just seeing a different environment and seeing that guys are not the same everywhere, 
um, and there are different types of guys in different countries, will just free your mind open to the possibility that uh, just because you were dating someone that wasn't treating you right, hey, there's other types of guys all over the world who will treat you right. So that was my first realization. If you're going to break up with someone, make sure you have a trip planned. <laughs> have it all planned out and don't back up, don't back off or um, what's the word? I can't remember. Don't cancel the the breaking up. It's like do it and then take your trip. Otherwise, you know, you're going to waste a trip. Uh, the second thing was, uh, again, I was having so much fun and I was so happy that I was single because uh, obviously I wouldn't have been able to do things, you know, like uh, hang out with other guys, et cetera, et cetera, while I was there if I was um, in a relationship because that wouldn't have been right, obviously. So, you know, if you're single, I guess what I'm saying is don't waste time being with the wrong person because then you're cutting yourself off from other possibilities. And you go, yeah, obviously that's true, but it just really hit home when I was there because I was having so much fun. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad I'm I'm single because I can just talk to who I want and go to dinner who, who I want, just do whatever I want. And no, I did not have sex with anyone in case anyone's thinking that, oh, have sex with who you want. No, I don't have islands, uh, islands. I don't have, I don't have sex with strangers on, uh, that I've just met on uh, exotic islands. Um, but just the fact that I was free to just do whatever I wanted and, you know, freedom. I mean, you know, people kill, their people go to war in order to ensure that we're free um, the worst thing you can do to someone is take away their freedom, which is why when you uh, break the law, they take away your freedom. So it's just about freedom. So why would you give up your freedom and be with someone who's making you miserable or not treating you right and cut yourself off from the possibility of being with someone else? So that, again, it, that really made so much sense that it, it's not worth giving up your freedom unless you're going to be with someone, guy or girl, who's going to treat you like gold, basically. And if they're not, it's just better to be free. <laughs> and that way you have less drama and less worries. And you can have more fun on your island vacation or wherever you go. And then the third realization was, um, you know, I went with my friend and she doesn't work out. Um, she doesn't work out, <laughs> although she knows she needs to. And... Um, so we had different energy, you know, we weren't, our, our energies weren't matching. You know, whenever I talk about the cougar relationships, I say the reason older women are interested in younger guys is because of, um, on an energy level. And I meant that, um, let's see, figuratively, I meant that figuratively in terms of, you know, your energy, what you're made up of, who you are, personality. But I also now, I see, I, mean, I also mean it literally because about like energy, like how much, sleep do you need and how are you able to go out late at night because if that's why older women want to date younger men because they still have a lot of energy and they don't want to be with someone you know their age or older who you want to go out at night or you want to go dancing or you want to do something and they're like oh I can't I'm tired and you're full of energy you're like oh. and I mean I was like a 21 year old <laughs> in fact my girlfriend said I was wearing her out because I just wanted to have fun uh, but she's not used to it, so our, our energies weren't matching. And I realized how important it is if you're going to be in a relationship with someone that your physical energies, not just your ethereal energies, are matching. Because otherwise, if you go away on vacation, you're really going to see the difference because one person's not going to want to do a lot and one person's going to be ready to go, go, go. And also, um, a person's sleep patterns 
are important. You would never think of it, but I'm sure we've all encountered people who uh, had insomnia. And that's the problem that my girlfriend has is that she um, she can't sleep in the daytime. And so if we didn't get enough sleep the night before, then she was groggy the next day because she, for whatever reason, is unable to sleep in the daytime, has never been able to sleep in the daytime. Uh, I'm the total opposite. Thank God. I can sleep anytime, anywhere. And uh, so if I don't get enough sleep in the, the night before, it doesn't matter because I'll just catch up the next day. And so I realized how important it is because it can just really put a pressure on a relationship or on a trip, since we're talking about my trip, when, you know, you're, you want to do things and you want to have fun and the other person's like, oh, I need to sleep. And, and, you know, if that keeps happening, then you're like, oh, I need someone else who doesn't need enough sleep. So you kind of have to try to match sleep patterns if possible. Um, so, because if you're someone, someone that requires a lot of sleep and you don't, that's going to be a problem, um, and vice versa. So, obviously, you know, you don't usually think about these things when you're deciding about compatibility or seeing what compatibilities you have. And this thing came out during the vacation because I realized, I mean, you know, my friend was great and she was really trying hard to keep up with me, um, but in a long-term relationship, uh, that can really put pressure on it. So, that is what I have to say about my trip to St. Martin and St. Bart's. I'm going to put the, um, the pictures up on my Facebook soon. I haven't done it yet. Um, if you want to see them, um, I'll be putting up the link. And my page is face, facebook.com slash cougar expert. And then I'll put the link also on Twitter. And my Twitter is cougar expert. At cougar expert is my handle. So, I would like to thank my guest, Amber Madison, for her book, All Guys Are A-Holes. And of course, the website has the same name, allguysareaholes.com. Remember, I have a website, theartoflove.net, where I post all my uh, latest news and videos and articles and all that good stuff. So check it out. I also have a book at lessonsoflove.net. And that is it. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.